0: Noorah Speaks is a weekly podcast that tugs at the soul and consciousness of the Black community. With show topics such as youth empowerment, education, women's impact, and civic engagement, Nor Speaks challenges the listener to not only join the movement, but be the movement. On the show, you'll learn from insightful guests who have demonstrated capacity in these fields and more, and I'm your host, Nora Muhammad. Welcome to the show.
1: It's okay, but you might have to change your methods, and guess what? You might have to get moving with that child because that mm-hmm. child's kinesthetic. That yeah. child doesn't want to sit still. Mm-hmm. You know, that child needs a lab for science, and not mm-hmm. and lab means just not in the classroom because that's a high school environment. Lab means oh, we can go outside mm-hmm. and look at leaves and look ground. at leaves right. and change the environment. Right. Lab doesn't mean sit in your seat and listen to me.
0: This episode features Catherine Mohammed, a master teacher educating children in Camden, New Jersey. I invited her to the podcast because of her expertise in education, in particular educating the black child. As you will hear in this episode, she is passionate about teaching and she recognizes that learning involves more than academics. It also involves the love of children and the will to help them succeed. Catherine and I recorded this episode on the road in my new favorite coffee spot. This episode was also filmed and a link will be provided in the show notes. With no further delay, here is my conversation with master teacher, Catherine Muhammad. Welcome to another episode of the Nora Speaks podcast. I am your host, Nora Muhammad, and I'm very grateful to be joined by a sister that is a master teacher uh... and she is an educator's teacher and i'm just grateful to be joined by sister Catherine muhammad welcome to the show thank
1: you sister nora Wa
0: alaikum salam thank you for having me I, You listen you i'm grateful to have you here to share what it is that you have to share um, regarding education uh... we've been uh, trying to get this interview off for quite some time. Yes, ma'am. Uh, and I'm really excited to have you here to share with the audience um, a perspective on education that isn't a voice that's heard in the mainstream. Mm. Um, so, Justin, opening up, do you want to, you know, just share a bit of your background, who you are, what it is that you do?
1: Yes, ma'am. Thank you so much, this Nora, again. Um, again, you know, my name is Sister uh, Catherine Muhammad. I've been teaching. You know, we're coming up on September would make... Seventeen years. Wow. Yeah, that I've been an educator. Beautiful, beautiful. And um, I've taught in the child care, you know, setting, mm-hmm. uh, public school setting here in the city and um City of Camden, New Jersey. Jersey. City of Camden, New Jersey.
0: And wow.
1: And now I teach for, you know, our our temple um has we, we opened our School about seven years ago, so I'm a master teacher there and at the child care center that we we have in Camden MEL um, Child Care Center. So, yeah, I've had my hands all over the place in the education arena, so it's very exciting. Yes, yeah, 17
0: years, wow. Yeah, I know time has flown, (laughs) hasn't it? Yes, yes. Um, Also, for the the listening audience, uh, just so you know, we are um, podcasting on the road, if you will. I have a new Favorite coffee shop, so um, we're here having some coffee and conversation. Right. And I think that uh, listeners will definitely get um, enlightened with this conversation. And you know, just before we went live, you had thanked me for having you on. And you know, for me, my role for this podcast is to enlighten um, and engage our community. Mm-hmm. And you know, I say in the opening um, that I will have guests who have demonstrated capacity, you know, and so I don't invite people to this podcast who just have theories and ideas. Um, I believe that our community needs um, needs a revolution, uh, needs a turnaround, and I want to invite people to the podcast who are actively engaging in that turnaround. And so you have certainly demonstrated capacity, not just because of your theory of education, but because of your practice and how you impact young people. Um, Thank you, Sister Nora. uh, Thank you. (laughs) Thank you for the work that you do. So talk to us about educating the black child.
1: Uh, Uh, Educating a black child. Sister Nora, that's so personal to me because... Um, I've worked in an environment where um, I never wanted to steer away from the black community. You know how sometimes you can go to college and when you get out, you say, listen, I want to go to the suburban community because a lot of times they pay, you know, they they pay pretty well. Mm -hmm. However, the type of the quality um, teacher that they want, you know, they put you to the test. In an urban community, they do pay much more. However, a lot of people don't wanna work in that arena because Mm -hmm. you have what they would call the problem black child, Mm -hmm. you know, the black male child, the black female child. I never wanted to teach outside of our community. I always wanted to be with our people. And my thing with um, understanding the black child is that we have so many issues in the black family, Mm -hmm. um, in black schools, that to me, I'm gonna start with the educator. And to educate the black child, you have to absolutely go outside of the box. Mm -hmm. You have to go outside of the box. What do I mean by that? I mean that you have to be this creative individual. You have to be the type of teacher to... You have to learn the child, all of your children. Mm -hmm. You might have a classroom full of 25 children. Guess what? You, You have to... You have to get to know them. You have to know their strengths, their weaknesses, push their strengths. Because sometimes, you know, we focus on the weaknesses of the black child, and and to me that's just, you know, I don't like that. And um, know what that child needs because it's not always academics. See, education stems beyond academics. You, that child might need a hug. Every single day, and I see this actually with uh, an, an educator that we all know too, Sister Shabri Mohammed. Yes. The children, She's not in the classroom anymore. The children run to her to, right. give her, to get a hug because right. they need that energy. That's right. They feel her love. Right. And see, some black children, especially black male children, they need that. Yes. And so education stems beyond the academics of the classroom. It right. goes into um, the compassion Right. of the two individuals, it goes into um, understanding the family, mm-hmm. getting to know mom and dad so that you can better understand the mm-hmm. child and help mom and dad or whoever the guardian is mm-hmm. to understand the child too. So um, I love teaching black children. Yeah. You know? Well,
0: we know education begins before the classroom. Education um, really begins uh, after conception, right? Yes, because um, you can make an impact on the, the growing baby that hasn't, been born yet, you know, playing music, um, how the mother is eating her nutrition, her environment. Mm -hmm. Um, so education and the capacity for learning begins very, very early on, um, during pregnancy. Um, and the capacity for a child to be, uh, educated and to receive what the teacher has to give also starts in the home with what the child is, uh, You know, uh, having nourishment, Mm -hmm. um, not just physical nourishment, but also emotional nourishment. Because in our communities, in our urban centers that are plagued by poverty and violence, um, that trauma... uh, creates conditions where the child has a diminished learning capacity right. that child is in fight or flight mode mm-hmm. that child isn't settled to receive the, the curriculum mm-hmm. you know that the teacher has to give because that child is prepared to either uh fight or flee that's right yeah. right and so when you talk about education isn't just academics it's sometimes giving a child a hug um so you've been in the public sector of education and also the private sector of education right. and so what have you been able to do differently privately that the public educational system didn't really have the capacity for oh, that's a great
1: question um, you know what sister Nora I was able to really focus on the child in the private sector mm. so you can't always do that and, and I'm speaking from an educator's perspective Many people say, okay, learn a child. And I understand, you know, in the public sector, you'll have 25, 30 students in your classroom. And I know educators try their best to, like, let me get to know this child. Let me get to understand this child. Let me get to hone in on the child's strengths and help them with their weaknesses. The issue that, no, not the issue. The thing that I love most about being in the private sector is to be able to really look at that child and really get and and really get into that child and see what they need my thing is you really don't make a child a child already has what he or she is their their makeup so what I love to do is whatever your strengths are to help that child bring them out right right you know what I'm saying sometimes we think that we make a child a certain way and no that child's already there we just want to you know, mold them a little bit, help guide them. Kind of create the conditions to, create to
0: pull out of them what's already there. Is right, what you're saying. Right,
1: right. It's because they're like a plant. Right. And you have to set the environment for them to grow. Maybe maybe one child needs to be in the sunlight because they're that type of plant. Maybe the other child needs to, you know, uh, grows, you know better grows better in the shade. Um, I remember um, when I was teaching pre-K, and there was this child who always sat in the back. They always sat in the back. During like story time, mm-hmm. and um, I never, you know, I, I noticed and I, I watched them, and I had an assistant who said, you know, um, move, up, move up, you know, move up, you're always back there, and I thought, you know what, they might be auditory, they don't need to see the book, mm-hmm. and that's okay, mm-hmm. and that was that's the thing. What I mean by education, you have to be able to understand a child, and you have to be able to say, got it. Mm. The auditory. There are some people who are, are auditory, and the child just like to sit back, relax, and listen to the story, as opposed to seeing the pictures. And it only took me a couple of seconds to get that. However, my assistant, you know, come up with the rest of us. We're right. enjoying the book. And I said, you know what? It's okay. Mm-hmm. You know? Right, right. And it's okay to let that child be <laughs>
0: mm-hmm.
1: himself. Right, right, right. And to feel relaxed. It doesn't mean that they're not listening to the story. It just means that they might say, well, I'll sit back here. I like being alone. And Because the child was always by... Himself in a bag. Okay. So, you know, sometimes we can pull on children in a way that we we don't need to. Mm. And it's okay to let them. It's okay to let whatever their strengths are come through. Some children are kinesthetic. Some children are, you know, more visual than anything. So, um, So what you want to do mm-hmm. is that you want to really be able to understand that child and leave them where they are if, you know, if it's not hurting them. Got you. You know what I'm saying, if it's not hurting them.
0: I I used the example when we had uh, Sister Shabri Muhammad on the program. I used the example of when my son uh, was in public school and he had a male teacher. Mm. And um, I went to the conference and, you know, Mr. Hamilton said, you know, um Hadar kneels in his chair when he does his work. So he, like he kind of stands and he puts one knee in his chair. And I said, you know, well, is 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 that a problem? And he says, No, you know, uh it doesn't bother anybody around him. He's getting his work done. Right. He's comfortable, mm-hmm. it's, fine. it's fine. So like you said, just leave the child alone if if the child is learning, if the mm-hmm. child is engaged. Right. Sometimes we want to make the child
1: uh into something that they're not we put our thing we put our stuff we impose ourselves on them we do we do a lot and we we don't understand that as adults we don't understand that as even educators that Mm -hmm. it's okay right it's okay just understand the environment is the environment safe Is the child meeting a goal right there are objectives in education this just like there are objectives everywhere else so um if that child is meeting that great
0: yeah you know
1: i have my students do that too hey if you're comfortable if you're comfortable standing up and cutting I mean, mm. you know, I know scissors are dangerous. You're not running around the room with them. Right. You know, it's okay. Um, some children ball themselves up. I noticed that girls do this mm-hmm. in chairs because, guess what? They're short. Right. They're short. Right. See, if you look and you have to look at the child from a different perspective, take yourself out, you know, away from the child. Mm-hmm because we have a tendency to do that and put our stuff on them and then you did, you created something that mm-hmm. really wasn't there. right. You know oh, I see why she does that. She's short and her feet doesn't touch them. Right. And the she floor. might not
0: even really understand why she's putting her feet in a chair. She mm-hmm. just knows this feels better right it feels and it feels better. right. yeah right and it's okay. right. It's so okay. you uh, work with children in the uh, early childhood development. Yes, ma'am. So, you know, we're talking infants to pre-K, wow. to kindergarten. Yes. And then you also work with students who are in kindergarten, or pre-K, mm-hmm. all the way up to high school. Yes. So as, as your role as a master teacher, um, what does that mean? And, and, and how does your role or that title as a master teacher set you aside? I guess I'm asking, like, what, how do you serve differently than someone, you know, with a, with a teaching degree? Uh, well, we know master is someone who has, um,
1: who has maybe excelled or have uh, has accomplished in that area. Right. My thing is, I never look at myself as the educator to come into the classroom to point fingers or to say, "Well, I'm the teacher. This is how I'm going to teach." It's also to facilitate because mm-hmm. educators really should facilitate. Mm-hmm. You know. And depending on the, the age group, I love to come into the classroom and see where I can consult the learner. Okay. I like that. You know, that. like you, you, you consult with the learner. Okay, what are we doing? I know in the, you know, and your, your children, I, um, I teach them too, what I love about the environment and that they're older, you know, my son is also one of my students, is that they'll come to you with ideas. And to me, it goes back, I cannot reiterate this enough, to sit in front of children with ideas, with innovative ideas, because they're young, and to say, no, we're not gonna do that. No, this, this is the objective, so let's stick to that. I mean, it's just, to me, it, you know, it's a hindrance on their learning, especially when you're mm-hmm. an educator and you're supposed to sit there and get ideas, because I can get ideas from children right. very, very easily. And they'll say, well, you, do you think we can do this instead of this? And you know, as long as they're not, as long as we're meeting a goal, I will say you know that sounds like something we can do. Maybe we're not able to do this with this project. Maybe we're mm-hmm. not able to do this this marking period. Right. However, we're going to implement that, right. you know, into something. And they love that. They love the liberty it gives them. They love the fact that because children should yeah. be able to communicate right. and express themselves in a respectful, strong way. Mm-hmm. And we, sh- we shouldn't um, impede them from doing that. Mm-hmm. I noticed that sometimes in educa- with educators, we, we like to talk. Mm-hmm. And we don't right. want to hear what they have to say. Right. You know, I have this thing in my classroom that, you know, I move kind of quickly. And sometimes my students will say they'll be writing. And so they've been trained to say, one minute, please, you know, because you have that respect. Because you're probably not going to tell an adult, wait, wait, you know, you're you're, you know. You're, you're moving too fast. One minute, please, to stop me because it's okay to show them that we're human. We forget that, that I'm human. Oh, am I moving too fast? Stop me. Mm-hmm. You know, stop me. In a respectful way, I'll stop. I'll slow down. Because they'll learn, too, to do that with other people because it's a pay it forward type of atmosphere. You know, oh, my teacher respects me. Oh, my teacher, when she makes a mistake, she says sorry. Oh, my teacher says thank you if you, you know, help her. And we need to know that as adults because going back to the academics, it's not just academics. It's teaching them how to be a whole person, right. you know? Right. Teaching manners—we have to know manners to teach them manners. We right. have to exhibit that. It's not just that we have to display that to the children. And um, I love to do that because it makes them free to be themselves.
0: Right. So I like that consulting the learning, the learner. <laughs> yes, you know. ma'am. Um, and it, you know, and it makes sense because we are in such a changing world, you know, with right. technology and other advances and Absolutely. these these changes are being implemented by the coming generations, you right. know? So let's go ahead and get them, uh, give them a role in their learning, right? Um, so right. it's we're in the middle of summer here in the Northeast. Um, some mm-hmm. areas are preparing to go back to school if they haven't already. What can parents do at home, you know, because I know when students come back in September, you kind of got to go back a few paces mm-hmm. because the child may have forgotten some uh, lessons that were taught towards the end of the last marking period. Right. So what can parents do at home right now to get their child prepared to return to school in September?
1: hmm Okay, so just going back a little bit, Sister Nora, really if you want to prepare your child academically, let's just start with the academics, at home, you can kind of do that when school ends. Because you can meet with the teacher or you can say... Um, it's okay to ask a teacher, like, you know, do you have anything for me? If they don't give summer work. Mm-hmm. Because some teachers don't. Um, I noticed that my child had difficulty with division. Can, you know, is there something you can recommend for me? Are there web- websites like uh, like AAA Math mm-hmm. or ABCA.com that I can go on, Starfall.com, and help my child? These are actual <laughs> websites. websites. Yeah, and you don't have to pay anything for it. Sometimes you have to pay a, a fee. And that's fine. However, let's get on this side. We can also read to our children, regardless of mm-hmm. the age. You can read to your children. You, because children need to hear the sound of a book. The mm-hmm. sound of a book, the flow of a book, the fluency of words. Right. Children need to hear that. Talk to your children. Mm. When you mentioned earlier about yes. the education starts when the child's in the womb. Right. Okay. It it starts there because you can play your classical music. You can talk to your baby. It also starts as soon as they come out of that room, have a conversation. I have sat next to mothers, let's just say this. Fathers too, but mothers who don't say a word to their child. Yeah. You know, I mean, don't even talk. You know, you don't have to have this brilliant academic conversation with a child. You can just talk to them. You also can ask them, like, can you hand me your yellow shirt? You just tall the color, color, and set a complete sentence. Right. You know, there are things. um, Well, we go up and down the stairs. Let's count the stairs. Right. Um, Guess what? I'm tired at night as a mom. Maybe I can't read a bedtime story. Hey, and turn off the television, turn off Netflix, and let's sit down and read a book. Yeah. Uh, You know, I was very, when children are small, we don't want to really teach them to be still because they have that energy, that exuberant energy that they need Mm -hmm. to express. You can teach them in a way by just reading a book. Mm -hmm. I need you to sit down for a minute. But they don't have to know that. Right. You understand? They don't have to know that. You can sit down and read a book. What? That's 10 minutes. And they're practicing sitting at attention. And they're practicing at attention. attention Because some things in life you need to be able to do. You need Mm -hmm. to be able to sit down because there's a time and a place for everything. Even movement. Right, right. However, don't discourage that child for being exuberant and and living their life the way they should at that age. That's age appropriate. You know, sometimes we try to make a two-year-old sit. I'm like, they're two. I want to get up, and I'm not (laughs) two, you know, and walk around. So I think that parents can do that. Take them exploring. You don't have to spend money on children. You don't have to worry about, oh, but the the zoo costs $40 to get in. Well, you have to go to the park. Ride bicycles. Teach them to ride a bike. It's all about interacting with your child Mm. to make them comfortable to have them talk to them um, get get them getting them prepared for school is just saying okay now well, this is what we're going to do this year maybe have them pick out what they want to what kind of book bag they want right you know a high a high schooler what are your what are your goals for this year right what are your goals for you what do you think you're going to do this year what do mm-hmm. you think your favorite subject might be what was it last year just talking to children open ended questions so they won't just give you that teen answer that oh, we all yes, yes. okay it's fine mm-hmm. great i'm good so i just encourage parents to just talk to their children and have an open relationship with the educator mm-hmm. and it's okay to write notes to the teacher sometimes there are academic portals mm-hmm. that um for uh education portals that teachers and parents communicate with or through and that's fine but don't be afraid to ask mm-hmm. the educator questions i know we're busy but we can stop yeah. and you know because sometimes we're
0: like i don't want to bother the educator or i don't want to bother the teacher yeah. just going back i like the, i like uh your conversation about having a conversation with your child you can pinpoint a child that has someone talking to him or her at home yes right I mean it's not just about you know there are some measurements with how many words does a child can a child speak but just that the child has a capacity and desire to have a conversation right um and and as parents you know sometimes we uh can be lazy parents Right? And lazy that's parents right. don't make successful children. That's right. So it's unfortunate to say, but yeah. Uh, yeah. So, I so I think that's important too. Um, and also, what you didn't mention, but I know it's also important to you, is showing an interest yourself in education. Right. Even if it's not you going on and pursuing a degree, but your child also seeing you reading, your child also knowing that you're concerned with how they're doing in school, mm-hmm. any struggles that they have in school. Right, right, absolutely. And, and, and engaging and participating in the school. Right, right. Yeah. Engaging, participating
1: in the school. I know I had with my son, um, because black boys usually go through this. He took a dive. I know your son's an avid reader, and my son slipped. Like, one of your sons is an avid reader, and he, he reads lots of books, and he loves to read. However, for about four years, my son stopped, and I, never, I didn't pressure him to read. I just kept presenting, you know, different avenues where he could not have a book, but maybe, you know, um, read to me, or or uh, I got him a um, subscription to the Washington Post on his, because we have technology. The, the, here's the app. And he would say, Mom, did you know, I'm like, oh, really? Where did, you, where did you hear that from? And he would say, um, that was on the app. It, it popped up. or oh, you know, it popped up. You know how you have the... Um,
0: little things, alerts. that you
1: right? And I love that. So what happened is my son, he loves graphic novels, what we know as um, comic books. Right. And he bought one and fell in love with reading. And I'm talking about four years later, because he kind of stopped. About third or fourth grade, black boys stopped. Mm-hmm. They hit this plateau where they're like, oh, I'm not really interested in reading. No. So about eighth grade, it started up again, and now it just yeah. propelled. So... A lot of times, you have to give children that avenue to be themselves. Don't pressure them. I know we want them to read and be these brilliant scientists that's a child. And sometimes they get bored with things. Mm -hmm. Sometimes things don't interest them. It doesn't mean that they're not going to pick it up later. Mm -hmm. And give them avenues to read. Like, I particularly don't like the comic book. Um, It's not your thing. It's not my thing. And I'm thinking, but he read it. He read it, and he got a a Barnes & Noble gift card, you know, as a present, and that's what he wanted. Mm -hmm. And that graphic novel was probably like $30, and I'm thinking, oh, my gosh. (laughs) I'm like, oh, my gosh, just three books for, let me tell you, it propelled them. And I was so thankful for that, and I just let them have that avenue. Buy Mm -hmm. what you want. It's your gift card. And, you know, we have to stop a lot of times as educators, as parents, and look at our children And, again, I I can't keep going back to the point of not putting our stuff on them, Mm -hmm. allowing them to be themselves. Your child is not you. What interests you doesn't always interest the child. I loved reading growing up. My son, I never hit a plateau, you know, and black girls usually don't. We love reading. He did. Mm -hmm. Now, as a parent, how was I going to react to that? Mm -hmm. You know, was I going to make him into what I was, reading every book under the sun? He didn't want that. You know, and um, and now look at him. I can't get a book out of his hand, whatever right. he's interested in. Right. So I think a lot of times understanding that child and allowing them to express themselves without feeling like they're going to disappoint, mm-hmm. without feeling mm-hmm. like, um, well, I'm not my mom, I'm not my dad. Well right. Let me just do it anyway. We got to right. give them that avenue to explore because they're
0: different people. Right. Absolutely, yeah. I agree with you there. You know, I think when we talk about uh, educating our black students, and it, there's a lot of um, concerns, you know, with educators being underpaid and overworked, Mm. Um, educators buying their own, you know, school supplies for their classrooms. That's something that's been going on since forever. Um, And, you know, whether it's, um, you know, health benefits or, you know, um, retirement, you know, educators are really suffering, but they're speaking out now more than ever. And I know in many communities there's also the push to have black teachers in classrooms where there's majority black students Mm -hmm. and you know I I think I I think that there is a place for that Um, but what I also believe is that it can't just be a black face in front of a child because we have black people in our community that don't like being black Uh, we have black people in our community that uh, 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 don't like uh, not just black culture but things that are uh, naturally black. You no. Know, right. I've I, I've heard awful things that black women have said to black girls about their hair, about their own natural hair. So it can't just be someone who's black. Right. I mean that's that's just the start. <laughs> Absolutely that is, it's a start but that's all it is. It's a start. We have to have educators that love the children and love the children as they are. Right. That love the children's parents. Mm-hmm. That are as interested in the welfare of that parent, that mother and that father, that grandmother, that auntie that's caring for that child because the child is more than just him or herself. Right. It's also the caregivers. It's also the home. It's also the block. It's also the community. Right, You know, so right. we can't just have an educator there just to work or, you know, they're a black face in front mm-hmm. of a, a classroom of black children. They have to be someone that has love, for the child and for the community that they're serving. Right, right,
1: absolutely, Sister Nora. And you can see that in an educator when it goes beyond receiving a paycheck. Right. I, everything that you just said with that, with the educators in America kind of like, you know, fighting for the respect that they deserve. Right. You know, right. We're, America's one of the only countries who doesn't really pay homage to the teacher. Mm-hmm. You know, and teachers do. A lot and teachers go above and beyond all the time and that really doesn't throw me it's just you will do it when there's love see love moves everything out the way Absolutely. There, there you know is there there aren't any barriers you can tell when there's a barrier when there's no love mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying and especially in the classroom like you move all types of barriers to get to that child and when you understand that child and the family, it, it, it sets a different environment. Mm-hmm. You know, you will go above and beyond. And you don't care the amount of money you spend. Mm-hmm. You don't you don't care if you... I mean, there are teachers... There are parents who want their children to follow you wherever you go. Yeah.
0: You know? Right. Like,
1: no, no, no. Who, who's... Okay, you're going to be... I'm going to put my second child right. with you because right. my first one already had you. Right. You know, that's the kind... That's love. And when you said about the black face... In the classroom, that's true. That's a start, but you have to have that black mind to understand the black experience of the mm-hmm. black child, yeah. the black family, and the black community, in order to, you know, um, in order to help that child. I remember working in the public school sector, and I was around a lot of uh, black women who understood that. And, you know, people like to diagnose black children with ADHD and whatever else they can. Right. So I used to have the child study team, members of the child study team, c- come in, and they were black educators. Mm-hmm. They would come in, and they would just shadow the child. I said, listen, let me give you some advice. Well, who you makes know, the
0: referral to the child study team for this child?
1: There, there was a, um, in preschool, there's a t- um, team. Like, the, uh, let's just say the, the educator would see an issue.
0: Okay.
1: Refer to the PERT team, which is the, like, preschool intervention Mm-hmm. Um, team and then that would go to the child study team so these black educators would come in and they would just, they wouldn't even have a notebook they just sit in your classroom and just watch the child and give you advice and that's what I love. They didn't come in ready to like let's let's write some things down to tell mm-hmm. the parents so we can get this child shipped out on meds right. or or shipped out somewhere else to another school. Mm-hmm. You know sometimes children have to be put into another school because of their so-called condition. Right. And I love that and that's what I uh work with every day Mm -hmm. in our environment when I'm Mm -hmm. around Sister Shabri Muhammad and Sister LaShonda Muhammad that we see the black child because we understand the black experience.
0: So talk talk to us about what those educators saw, what they did and how did they advise the teacher to prevent that child or that case from going any further to the child study team or to um, eventually a medication, mm-hmm. a drug. Right. So what, what What? interventions did they recommend? What teaching methods? What environmental changes?
1: Mm-hmm. Um, so what? some of the, the teaching methods is most children like that, they just have exuberant p- personalities. Mm-hmm. And what I love about that, that we tend to overlook as educators, yeah. even parents, we tend to put children in a box. Mm-hmm. Everybody is supposed to be this way. Everyone's supposed to be reserved. Everyone's supposed to follow instructions. Everyone's supposed to be docile. You see where I'm going? Everyone's supposed to be. Right. And that's not the case. Right. Some children are naturally exuberant. I use that term because I don't like the term <laughs> their... Um, they're they're all over the place. Mm-hmm. Oh, they're hyper. Mm-hmm. You know, we're like, where are we going with this language? Children because are it supposed says that, to have energy. In you the know, this right? Perhaps as adults, yeah. we need to borrow some of that energy so we can understand. You know, sometimes we get complacent in, in our grown up stages, and we, right. because we're just set by society. Mm-hmm. You know, and children, it's okay, but you might have to change your methods. And guess what? You might have to get moving with that child because that child's kinesthetic. That yeah. child doesn't want to sit still Mm -hmm. you know that child needs a lab for science and not Mm -hmm. and lab means just not in the classroom because that's a high school environment lab means oh we can go
0: outside Mm -hmm. and look at leaves and look at leaves and
1: change the environment right lab doesn't mean sit in your seat and listen to me right you know it also means that um the child doesn't need medication the child just needs for someone to zone in like i see what the what I see what the difference is. See, mm-hmm. it's a difference,
0: right?
1: It's not a. It's, it's not an issue. It's, it's just. not it's,
0: a. It's not a right or wrong. Right. Or it's a not a good or a
1: bad. It just is. Is what you're saying. It's just a difference. You yeah. and I are different. Right. You know what I'm saying? So you can see that. That doesn't make me less than you, or you mm-hmm. less than me, or me mm-hmm. greater, and things like that. You just need to see it and say, Oh, I know what I can do for this yeah. child, because the goal is to make sure every child gets what they need. Mm-hmm. Every child needs to get what they what they need and. The classroom, and
0: that takes mm-hmm. a lot from
1: an educator, and it yeah. takes a lot from the
0: parents right. too. So I know in New Jersey, the governor, Governor Murphy, just um, uh, signed a bill where it is now mandatory that children get at least 20 minutes of physical activity, i.e., recess, mm-hmm. every day, unless the, you know there's been some kind of significant behavioral issue. Mm-hmm. So that child can express that energy. Right. You know, and, and like you said, some children just have a lot more energy than other children. Right. And, and and that's an issue that we see with girls and boys. You know, it's easy for a girl to be the teacher's pet because <laughs> girls are it is it is it is natural for girls to want to please. Right. right? It is natural for boys to compete. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Right. So you'll see the boys competing in different ways. You see mm-hmm. the girls who are looking to please right and 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 teachers misinterpret that, and I know that in in our communities, children are misinterpreted, so there's this really fascinating book that I'm reading called Push out and it's about mm. how black girls are being um, labeled and stigmatized in schools and and it's a really it's a really really fascinating book, but one young lady told a story about when she was in um, a nice school district before she had some behavioral problems that landed her in a detention center Um, she went to school with caucasian girls and she could tell that her teacher was less interested in her in her Mm -hmm. experience or less interested in giving her after classroom help whereas the teacher was always very excited to stay after with the other girls you Mm -hmm. know and would stay late but when she asked for help outside the classroom, and she said, well, I only have 15 minutes. You know, she would be, right, right. you know. And so, and so children um, are very acutely aware of when they're not wanted. Children are very acutely aware of when they're disliked. Right. And they pick up on that, and mm-hmm. then they respond to that very same energy. They,
1: do. they absolutely do. And it's funny that you said that because, um, wow, I, I'm trying to figure out which avenue to take this. With black boys, I love for them to be in leadership because mm-hmm. because we don't always put black boys in a leadership position even for with their education would mm-hmm. you what do you what do you guys suggest oh, oh I know pick me mm-hmm. you know to talk and open up a lot of times we push black girls and we and we push black girls for but we push black boys out of the way yeah you, you know yeah. so um that reversal of thing and I still want you just still want to push the black girls but give the black boys a chance to express themselves because a lot of times in education, they don't have an interest because they don't see themselves. Right. They don't see that they have power in their education, right. that they can talk. And if, the, if you can't take it to that avenue, then, you know, let's try again. Right. Maybe we can do another time, but that's a great idea. Right. And, and boys like things fun. Boys
0: like things
1: fun. just understood that, Sister Nora. Yes. I remember <laughs> just on a preschool, because you know I work in a summer camp this summer, yes. what I love to do is I love when children flip I know this. I love I do. I love when they, when they flip and, and they're all, because they're so young and they have energy that we used to have. Right, you right. You know, and it's just so, you know, you can go on forever and ever about the differences between, because we get, we get stuck on whatever it is that makes an adult. Right, You know? right, right. And I'll say, oh my goodness. And I remember going up to um, Sister Shabri actually, um, who is the uh, director of our child care center and our private school. I said, uh, show Sister Shabri your cartwheel. So this is perfect. This is a perfect cartwheel. And only she and I will understand what that means. Because we, the perfect cartwheel that this child did, and this was a girl,
0: mm-hmm.
1: she should be in gymnastics. She she was so excited to do the cartwheel.
0: Like, she, wait a minute, you're asking and so me. She was probably she was, so excited that you were interested, interested. in something. For her, and you know, I, I I read, I was reading about, um, you know, just some general needs that children have, right? Right. And one of their needs is mastery. They need to be able to dominate something. They, mm-hmm. they, they want to be wanted, they want attention, and they also need to know, or they have a desire to dominate something. Right. In some way, and for us to recognize their particular thing that goes a long way towards building that bridge when it, when we do say, okay, now I need you to sit down mm-hmm. so I can explain this to you.
1: Right, right. Oh, you want to flip? Well, now is not the time. Guess what? After we finish this, because it's a give and take, yes. it's reciprocity. With um, when we finish this, you can do your cartwheel mm-hmm. and you can show everybody how you you know to yes. do it. And we even give them a minute to even do that. I love the the smaller children. That's my specialty because I have. Um, you know, certification in preschool to third grade, and that group is so special to me because they 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 help you to relax and see what life is all about. You know, okay. we take life for granted as adults, right. whether you're the educator, whether you're the parent, and to see that natural exuberance that a child has, to me, mm-hmm. is um, it, it it teaches you to slow down for a minute mm-hmm. and respect the child. A lot of things. See what education is also teaching character. Right. Where's the compassion for the child? Right. You know, we should always have compassion for children, respectful children. Right. Demonstrate manners if you want it given back to you. Right. You know, if you make an error, apologize to the child.
0: Right.
1: When a child corrects you, say thank you. Oh, you're right. You're I right. Miss that. Yeah. I miss that. And my thing yeah. is I'm very fast. I always tell my students this and they know me. Just like we get to know students, they get to know us. Right. So right. you have to stop me. My, my 15-year-old son knows this. You have to stop me and say, wait, 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 so-and-so and-so. No, remember, remember Sister Catherine? You said that we're going to do that last. Mm-hmm. You're right. right. I'm sorry. Thank you. Because that, that's teaching them that, you know what? We're human. Mm-hmm. And the human experience is being able to navigate in this world with each other. Not always academics. It's so great that you can read
0: mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> and write and do your algebra and understand science. It's also more important that you have more fortitude mm-hmm. and you have the character to be able to share this world with other people. Right. You know, yeah. and um and I love that aspect of teaching. Like I'm so in love with teaching that it just you know, I'm just so I'm so glad I chose this.
0: Yeah. You know, yeah. to
1: carry on in life because I could have done Anything, right? And just to be an educator, so fulfilling because the the, the monetary reward that other jobs may have, mm-hmm. <laughs> that we wish that teachers had, you get when a child comes back and they're eighteen. Yeah. And I just had a a student who, an ex-student, I guess, who um, a former student who graduated from high school and said something to me on social media. Right, you know, <laughs> cool. and said like, and I was, I was her preschool teacher. Yeah, to remember me. Wow, out of all the the educators, yeah. you remembered me, and I see her all the time when I go to the movie theaters, and um, she gives me a hug. Yeah, and I said, wow, she, you know, I taught her when she was four. She's eighteen. Yeah, she's eighteen, and she remembers me. Right, you know, um, you think you're insignificant, mm-hmm. but not really. You right. know, so right. it's a joy to be an educator. It's an, a joy to share my experiences with others mm-hmm.
0: to, yeah you know yeah. you we know, think about the impact that a teacher has on a child's life we oh. all remember those teachers that really made an impact in our lives and as parents mm-hmm. and you know community members we really want to know who are the people in front of our children or with our children for seven to eight hours every day what kind of values do they have do they make my child feel empowered? Love. Mm-hmm. Do they correct my child when my child needs that guidance with love? Right. Um, yes, do love. they um, help reinforce the, the values and character that I'm teaching at home? Mm-hmm. You know, we really need to be concerned with the people who are in front of our children every day. As parents, we need to know who you know who the pe- who are the people in our school, who are the people in our cl- in our children's classrooms. Right. And, right. Uh, You know, I'm really, really enjoying this conversation. And, you you know, I think that we have to have um, these conversations more often about education. Education isn't just about a child going to school, Uh you know, so many hours every day. Mm -hmm. Education is before school. It's after school. Mm -hmm. Uh, (laughs) Education is before birth. right? Right. And education is a lifelong Experience.
1: It really is. And we, and you just said a key word. First of all, just love in general, having that love for the child. Mm -hmm. And with parents, we we, and I'm speaking as a parent, I'm an educator, but I'm also a parent, right. that we need to really be involved in our children's education and not just only look at it like, well, what kind of math is the child doing? Mm-hmm. You know, what kind of person is that instructor helping my child to become? Right. Right. What, um, what can I do to help facilitate that? right where Where can I fit? because some parents feel like, where do I fit in in a mm-hmm. classroom? You know, you can come in and read a book. You can go. Your profession might be something we need yeah. because that's career day. Right. You right. know, what if you're a chef and a child wants to be a chef? Mm-hmm. What if you're um, an architect?
0: Or, or if you are a chef that the a child might not want to be a chef, they mm-hmm. might after you talk to them about what you do. They might.
1: They might. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And we've had uh, many children who have, who have been influenced on what they want to do in college
0: right.
1: because of an educator. Right. You know, right in the midst mm-hmm. of us. And I remember growing up shy, and I wasn't, like, very, very shy, but I was shy enough that I can do things in a group, mm-hmm. but don't ask me to do anything outside of a group, mm-hmm. you know. So um, there, it was a, an educator who helped to bring that out of me, mm-hmm. you know, who, yeah. who actually told me, actually, who <laughs> instructed me, to, you should audition for this, mm-hmm. you know. I'm not asking you, just come, you know, after school. And it opened up a world of being relaxed, with myself right and like you were saying it just goes back to educators help in so many ways because we 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 have to have that peripheral to be able to say like okay this child okay move this child over here let's go here you really have to be on your toes with children yes you have to be up all the time sister Shabri talks about you have to be up all the time with children what i mean by up is you have to exude that energy you have to exude that love have the um, and you have to give children an avenue that they feel comfortable with expressing themselves and that's what when I was referring to the little girl with the cartwheels, she loves to flip. So now she <laughs> has an avenue where she can do it, and she'll right. say, "Wait, you want to see me flip?" <laughs> like, right. sure, like you know, get it out the way so we can do it. every day. Like she flips and is, and she loves it because her thing is, wow, you know, Sister Catherine makes me. She likes this because maybe her mother tells her right. to sit down. Right. I mean, you know, if you didn't understand children, you would, you would, um, you would say, "Sit down." Right. You know, yeah. <laughs> but right. absolutely. But um, you know, it's just. It's, I just couldn't ask for a better avenue to yes, be able yeah. to express, yeah. you know, my talents or my skills. And I'm thankful for it every yeah. day. Well, I'm thankful, you
0: know? too, for you, Sister Catherine. Thank um, you. you. know, I, I invite people on the podcast who I see as being the movement, not oh. just cheering it on. Um, right. And, you know, we, we, we need people who will cheer and support us. Uh, Absolutely. But more than anything, we people we need people in place who are actually um, engaged in creating the change and mm-hmm. sustaining the changes that we make. And as an educator, you are certainly doing that. Oh, so
1: thank you I so thank much. you
0: again for so joining so me on the podcast. Is there anything you like to say in closing? Well, thank you for having me. And I just want to just
1: say to educators and parents alike, um, you know, let's not take children, especially black children, because we're, you know, kind of focused on the black child. Right. Let's not take them for granted. They offer mm-hmm. so much, and we can get stuck in a rut as adults because we've been tainted and molded by society so much. Right, right. And our own upbringing that help children to be able to express themselves in a way that they can add um, productivity and life. To our society, as opposed mm. to, mm. you know, something that we have to go visit in a cell.
0: Yeah, let you know, them know their value. Like a,
1: they they have to know that they have value, and starting from a young age, even if it's with cartwheels, <laughs> let them know from cartwheels into, yes. you know above and beyond because children need our support and That's black right. children they really need the support from from black educators and black parents who understand the black experience yes. who understand that we you know we've been mm-hmm. um traumatized you know yes. a little bit as, as black well a lot as black people and we have to band together and like you said sister Nora, be the movement right go out in your community and 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 make things happen with movement, not just talk. And when you move, guess what? You can't talk. That's right. But, you know, without yeah. activity, it seems, you know, people seem to get shoved to the... Um side and ignored and we just want to be the best for our children and i just promote that as as an educator and i thank you again yes. this wonderful experience thank you so much and this,
0: this coffee shop atmosphere love it <laughs> <laughs> love it so education is an ongoing experience so it's going to be an ongoing conversation and i would love for you to come back at some point absolutely and i love for you to have me thank, thank you. you thank you again for listening to the North speaks podcast be on the lookout for another episode coming at you fresh next week and as always, if you want to learn more about me and the work that I do, visit my website, noorazahira.com. Or if you have a listener question that you would like me to answer on air, you can email me at questions at You can also follow me on Facebook at Nora Zahira Muhammad and on Instagram at noraz 20 I'll be sure to include links to the above in today's show notes if this show has value to you please like and subscribe and share it out with family and friends and be sure to check out previous episodes and remember don't just join the movement be the movement stay in peace